FM, The Zone. Sure she'll stop farming when pigs fly. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. On a Tuesday morning. Man, oh man, I'll tell you, the leaves were flying in my neighborhood yesterday. How about you? How did you use that glorious weather we had on Monday? Why don't you let me know? Use our talk text line. Let me know. Were you doing some raking, trying to winterize the house? I know a lot of you were continuing the harvest. Go ahead. Let me know. How are the lines at the elevator? Are you getting unloaded pretty quick? Tell me about that as well. That talk text line where you can interact with me, 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Well, if you like what we had yesterday, today's not going to be too shabby. Uh, mostly cloudy. That's one of the downfalls, but it's still going to be above average. 51 are expected high today, and the winds should settle down a little bit. Tomorrow is the problem, child. 46% chance of rain, 51 a high. Then back to sunshine on Thursday and 50 degrees. Sunshine on Friday as well as Saturday, 45 to 46. And then Sunday, partly cloudy, but it doesn't look like we've got another chance of rain after Wednesday, until next week, Thursday. We'll see if our man Stumach, our ag meteorologist, concurs with that decision. He's coming up in about 15 minutes. Protovate Nutritional Seed Enhancer is an 80-20 talc graphite replacement that provides the critical nutrients corn and soybeans need for early and uniform emergence. Learn more at getgreatergrowth.com. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. And from Farm First Dairy Cooperative, serving dairy farmers across the Midwest since 2013. Farm First Dairy Cooperative, member-focused, member-driven, member-led. Keep up with Pam at MidwestFarmReport.com and on Facebook and Twitter. There's a new face that took over as the president and CEO of National 4-H Council, Jill Bramble. But she's not new to 4-H. She's a fourth-generation 4-H'er. This is Jill Welke at the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. And I'm just so happy to talk to Jill Bramble. She's the president and CEO of the National 4-H Council. She's been at the job for two months and... Why did you decide to be this interested and this immersed in 4-H? My family uh, owns a dairy farm on the very rural eastern shore of Maryland. And as a young person growing up in a very rural community that had not a lot of access to programs and and services for young people, 4-H was really the only Uh, program in the area and I was involved as early as I could be and I gained so much from my experience in 4-H and I can spend the rest of my days trying to pay forward and give back to this organization that gave so much to me and I believe our country needs more 4-Hers today now more than ever and so we have a lot of work to do I think 4-H is an organization that meets kids where they are and uh, develops them with marketable job skills and life skills so they are ready for what lies ahead. What are some of those talents that you got from 4-H? You know, one of the things that I believe 4-H does is build resilience. 
in young people. We do that through young people having the opportunity to lead today at 8 years old, 10 years old, 12 years old, being able to have ideas of changes to make in their community, presenting ideas to county commissioners alongside of their adult volunteers and extension educators, helping to bring programs to younger children in their community. There is a very hands-on leadership training that is provided in 4-H that I think is very unique. I think the other thing that I feel from my time in 4-H is that 4-H is a place where you can try new things and you can fail at those things. And it's okay to fail. There are projects that I did in 4-H that I was not good at at all. But I learned how to reset my goals. I learned how to come back and do it better. I learned what I needed to do to improve and either win at a competition or feel successful in a project area. As adults, we want our kids to feel good. We want them to always succeed. We know that's not the realities of what kids grow up and face in their life, whether it's in school or in their family, their community, their career eventually, they will experience failure. And 4-H provides the ability to know that's okay. I can reset my goals. I can try again. The world's not going to come to an end. And there's a resilience that comes from that that I think is an invaluable life skill. I'm curious as to what your focus is going to be on new ideas at the national level to bring out the successes of 4-H'ers and let them learn from their failures. I think one of the things that we are very fortunate is to um, have the opportunity at National 4-H Council to support the cooperative extension system and to be able to bring innovation and new ideas along with extension, but to be able to provide that nationally an e-learning system called Clover by 4-H where Extension can provide their content and their materials and educational curriculum at a national level so kids can plug into that regardless of where they live. So if your local Extension educator um, does not have the background or the experience in, let's say, computer science, you can still be involved in your local 4-H program, but you could also tap into computer science 4-H curriculum that is provided by another extension program across the country. And so it's this kind of hybrid, the in-person experience is so important locally, but being able to tap into the resources at a national level also complements and provides a digital experience um, in partnership with that in-person experience. So Clover by 4-H is one of those innovative new ideas that we are bringing at the national level, but we are doing that in partnership with Cooperative Extension. Well, you brought in the Cooperative Extension, and that's at the local level. Here in Wisconsin, 
we have struggled a bit with keeping the educators engaged with members. Is there any plans at the national level to help that encouragement and do some more training to keep Extension involved in 4-H? So one of the things that we have been partnering with Extension on and providing nationally are positive youth development academies, and those are for the adults. And that is a way um, that local educators and Extension staff can plug into the latest science in youth development, different topic areas that, that they can tap into for their own professional development so it doesn't have to be recreated in every state. I'm a little curious on what the enrollment is for 4-H across the nation. So the enrollment has stayed fairly stable at 6 million young people ages 5 to 18 on an annual basis. And 4-H reaches every single county in America. We are the largest youth development um, in enrollment size across the country. Um, We certainly, like many other organizations, saw changes during the pandemic. There was a little drop-off, but we are seeing that come back really strong. We're seeing the need be even greater than before as young people are are recognizing the value of meeting in person, adults are seeing that they need to be um, together and that local community program is so vitally important. At the same time, we are providing a complement and we're bolstering that ability to engage kids locally with Clover by 4-H, which can be a complement and help extend the volunteers and the educators in the local community to make sure we're providing the content and meeting kids where they are. And you've only been at this job for two months. What do you see 4-H turning into in the future? 4-H is a pathway to economic mobility for millions of kids and families and communities. So I want to be a leader that embraces that, that embraces the unique assets we have as a system backed by uh, universities and grassroots in every single county across this country. Well, 4-H is a national organization, and it can't look the same from state to state and county to county. What are some of the similarities that are national 4-H? Number one at the core of 4-H is positive youth development that all young people can thrive is a common thread across the organization. Skill building for youth, a long-standing positive relationship with adult mentors, and leadership experiences. I think the second thing that um, you would find is that it's very hands-on. We want kids to self-select areas that they are interested in. Um, And that provides a spark to their learning and wanting to create change. Uh, Another similarity is the backing of the state's land-grant university. The content areas are categorically pretty standard across the country, and that would include agriculture, um, science, healthy living, and civic engagement. It looks different based 
on the community looking different. So I often say that 4-H is really a reflection of America. The way that young people engage in 4-H evolves to the needs of our community today. Well, I appreciate you, Jill Bramble. She's the president and CEO of the National 4-H Council. And I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Your healthcare journey in a hospital system can give you the heebie-jeebies. From navigating the parking garage to sitting in the crowded waiting room worrying about the results and cost. MH Imaging in Middleton performs MRIs, CTs, X-rays, and ultrasounds for a fraction of the cost of a medical system. And parking is just a few steps away. Results are available the same day, providing you with answers you need to know now. Visit MHImaging.com. This is Matt Gunderson, and this is Elmer, our canine cuddle ambassador, here to provide good-natured, loving, fuzzy support to further our level of personal care. Someday you might meet Elmer as we assist you with an individual life celebration. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com, over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. At Tom's Auto Center, we like to say we're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. Because we're one of the largest independent auto shops in the area. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. With 12 bays and a lively group of highly skilled mechanics, we're able to do just that. Tom'sAutoCenter.com. Tom's Auto Center. We're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Ham is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Ah, uh, yeah. Here we are on a Tuesday morning. I don't know about the rest of you folks, but I'm feeling muscles again that I hadn't used for a little while. That weather was fantastic yesterday, Stu. I can't imagine what you were doing. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I worked inside. How about that? Ah, rats. Yeah, see, I I, uh, I did as much, if anything, outside. Uh, I'm just getting some notes now. I had asked people to use our talk text line and let me know kind of what you were getting done. Is the harvest going well or, you know, backyard chores, what have you. Stan just said everything was going fine until one of the green buggies blew a tire. <laughs> that, <sighs> that, that That is one of those unexpected outdoor activities. But if you got to change a tire, at least it's better to be doing it like it was yesterday versus snow rain or whatever huh yeah yeah in a in a driving sleet storm in the mud yeah, <laughs> yeah. that in the sun wasn't bad no it wasn't i guess that's going away a little bit today huh yeah we lose a bit of that sun i'll i'll agree i i did get some road time in the afternoon 
everybody was out. There was a combine every quarter mile, whichever way you turned your head, soybeans, corn, everything going in. It looked like a very progressive day. It felt really good to see everybody making some progress. Well, we're still going to do all right today, but the clouds are building in and just not as nice of a day. We do have cool air that's settled on into the region. A cool front's pushed way off to our east and southeast already this morning. Ohio down to southern Illinois. There's another low that's going to build in from the west. This next system stays a bit further south, but it is helping to provide a little rain in eastern parts of Montana, Wyoming, far western North Dakota, having a little rain, freezing rain, sloppy mix. No, don't worry. We're not getting that. We're not getting a new snowstorm. The chance of some rain does build in, and it could be early tonight already at La Crosse and last into tomorrow morning. Eastern Wisconsin may not see that rain till late tonight and then into the day Wednesday, and it's not going to turn into a big deal, a tenth of an inch or two at most. If we make it through tonight and on into the day Wednesday, there's another small chance Wednesday night in the east and south of just a little light rain. I wouldn't expect that to be much of anything. The good news is the rain ends. We dry it out looking ahead, especially on toward the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Drier, but a little cooler. Yeah, not back into the 60s like it was yesterday, but I think we'll even take upper 40s and low 50s as we make our way on through the end of the week. That does help to keep it a little bit drier, making it better for all of our outdoor activities, harvest operations, or what the case may be. But it does look like after just a little rain chance, uh, tonight into Wednesday, we start to dry it out. I'll have forecast details right after this. Microbials play a critical role in the health and vitality of livestock. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, veterinarian and founder of BioVet, your leading source for high-quality microbial and nutritional products that support growth, health, and production in livestock. Listen to our Microbials Matter podcast at bio-vet.com as experts discuss health, digestion, and support for livestock. Visit bio-vet.com and click on podcast. Innovation, that's BioVet. At Compure Financial, we provide services based on your needs. So whether it's ag lending, crop insurance, or other financial services, or you're seeking industry expertise from a trusted advisor, we're here as a partner and member of your community that is defined by you. Contact your local Compure Financial team at 844-426-6733 or visit compure.com slash you for your lending and other financial needs. Compure Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved. Yeah, you scared the gizzard out of me when you said something about snow sleet. How, how close is that? Northwest North Dakota. Okay. Okay. We got a, sta- <laughs> we got a state buffer and I'm good with that distance. Yeah, yeah it's way off there. Oh, far, far northern Wisconsin, I'd say north of Wausau and even up closer to the UP border by tomorrow night could have a little mix of precipitation. That's about it. Otherwise, we're talking some rain chance, a mostly cloudy day today and certainly a big change since yesterday. Not in the 60s. A lot of us may cling in the upper 40s, some low 50s, lacrosse to Madison, a little more mild, and the north winds about 5 to 10 become a bit variable, turning east here later today. It's tonight the cloudy skies, showers develop, a thunderstorm of possibility in south and eastern Wisconsin, just a rumble of thunder, that's about it. Low 40s overnight with the east winds at 5 to 15. 
That rain chance lingers just into the early morning in the west, could be pushing toward midday further east, but it isn't going to amount to much, a total of a tenth of an inch or two. Uh, still cloudy tomorrow. Again, very upper 40s and low 50s. East winds at 5 to 10. That slight shower chance Wednesday night. By Thursday, I expect we're back to some sunshine, a breezy day. I think, Pam, we're talking upper 40s, maybe 50, with west winds 10 to 20, gusting to 30, helping to dry it a bit with that sunshine, and, and then sunny and cooler for the rest of the week. Yeah, no, we're, what about tomorrow? We're still just wait and see on the rain tomorrow? A tenth of an inch or so. Okay, all right. It's just not going to be a big deal. All right. Stumach, our ag meteorologist. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There goes Pam Youngke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to the dairy farmers of Wisconsin, promoting Wisconsin's world-class dairy products since 1983. Look for their proudly Wisconsin badge on dairy products. And to Cleary Building Corp., they protect what you value. Visit clearybuilding.com to see the Cleary difference. Keep up with Pam at midwestfarmreport.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Everyone dreams of that one special day. I'm not talking about a wedding day, a push present, or a big anniversary. I'm talking about a special day made just for you. Maybe you paid off the mortgage, finished a marathon, left the dork who couldn't see you for the amazing person you are. It's different for everyone, but it's a day that needs celebrating with a custom piece to bring a Mona Lisa smile to your face. William Thomas Custom Jewelry, your inspiration, your custom jeweler. At Berkshire Automotive, we have a non-commissioned sales team, which is a polite way to say we don't really care whether you buy a practical Equinox, the rugged Silverado, or the speedy new Corvette. You've been told no before? Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. At Bergstrom Automotive, we teach our people to take no out of the vocabulary. Is no in your vocabulary? Uh, no. No isn't a thing at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. You can't change the price of gas or groceries, but you can change the amount of your energy bill. Benjamin Plumbing is now a certified dealer of Renai tankless water heaters. The number one tankless water heater in North America. They're up to 40% more energy efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot day and night with your old water heater. 
Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art, energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Save money with endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. You're worth so much more. Have you ever had the choice to accumulate wealth or go into debt? Let's play Would You Rather. Would you rather have $190,000 in total compensation or be $29,000 in debt? That's the choice between paying for a bachelor's degree that might not even land you a job or an apprenticeship with Liuna that will lead to job security, a pension, stability, and a lifetime of great wages. You're worth so much more. Go to liunawisconsin.org join to learn how to accumulate wealth instead of debt. Sweet Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweet Metal Roof. S-W-I-T-A MetalRoofing.com Sweet Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. Create the floors you love this season with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. Christian Watson, Rowdy, that, I mean, what? Hey, he did make that catch. He did. For, for basically the first time all season. That's what and, you get with him. One catch and then like 30 other plays are like, what the F was that? Well, like the one thing where you'll see a lot of people online criticizing Jordan Love for like an underthrow. And they'll say Christian Watson was the one that was up there to go get the ball. Yeah, I'll agree with those people and say that there's some of those throws, especially deep where Jordan Love has underthrown the football. But then if you watch enough NFL and and just football in general, how many times, though, in those certain situations where the ball is thrown short, whether that be on purpose or accident, where when a guy comes back for the football and the defenders turned around, they start getting grabby, you know, holding or pass interference, stuff like that pops up. Mm -hmm. Not every play. Not every play like Christian Watson would like it to happen, but he doesn't even fight back for the ball a lot of times or go up and get catch it. It was nice to see that actually, I think two to three times, he actually did come back to the football a little bit and, and was, you know, competing to take the ball away. And he did it one time. He caught the ball once. Yeah. Like, I guess baby steps here at this point. Hey, but the, the biggest fight that Christian Watson puts up doesn't hit himself. It's his family members on Twitter. Because if you say anything bad about Christian Watson or criticize, somehow his family, like, they must have, like, the, the Christian Watson symbol up, like the bad symbol, and they come swarming on you. And he'll talk all kinds of smack. So that that's the biggest fight that he has. His family members on Twitter. Yeah, it was. I think it was his because that'll that'll pop in my like for you feeds. Yeah, before he and said. I can't remember if it was his mom or it's dad mom. or brother. He's like all of the above. We're a family of three professionals. It's like yeah, chill out. <laughs> 
one plays in the XFL, one's Christian Watson, and the other one like used to play in like some other low level like yeah, okay, whatever. By the way, my for you tab is so amazing. It is dialed in. The for you tab is incredible right now. Uh anyways, on Christian Watson, Love talks about the uh the 37 yard pass he got to Just for everybody, for him, for myself, it's just it's a confidence booster. Be able to go out there and make that play is huge. It's a big time catch for him. You know, it's exactly what we needed in that situation. The more I watch the the receiving core, and again, we've stressed this so many times, it's young. No one on that core has more than two years of NFL experience. But my biggest takeaway, and it's kind of been growing and growing, and I think for a matter of fact, I would say this now, Romeo Dobbs is like the most solid wide receiver they have. And it hardly feels like that he gets targeted at some point. I know. And when he does, the good things happen. It's just, it's rare. Like, Romeo Dobbs feels like most of the time he's the one making the play or the catch. He's a guy that can run almost every single route in the route tree that they ask, and yet you look at his stats and it's like three catches, 31 yards. Like, Mm -hmm. how is that guy not putting up better numbers? Are we going to look at the quarterback? Are we going to look at the head coach and the play design? Because Clearly, in my mind right now, Aaron Jones is your best playmaker when healthy. If you would ask me at the end of last season, I would have said, well, for big play explosive ability, yeah, it's Christian Watson, but that's clearly not the case. Romeo Dobbs is the most solid wide receiver they have. He he does everything pretty well. Yeah. He doesn't do anything great, but he does everything pretty well where like he would be a pretty solid wide receiver on a team that, you know, had a lot of good veterans, like on a, on a good receiving yeah, core. He's, he's the man. Uh, Luke Musgrave, their tight end, Jordan Love, talks on his first career touchdown uh, they had late in the fourth. Good play. Nice to see them actually do something. Here's Love about it. That was a really good play call, something we kind of just put in this week. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's options to throw it to both guys, and then um, Luke's kind of on a, a late trickle down the middle. And it was a great finish by him. You know, the middle parted open, and uh, he had one guy to make miss, and he, he did it, cut his first touchdown, so. It's funny because we were talking about the, you know, Brian Gutekunst's draft, and we were talking about, you know, Musgrave's good. Like, what about Kraft? Well, I saw Kraft do one thing. I think he got a penalty, if I remember correctly. Or did he miss a block? It was one or the other. Or they called him out on the broadcast. I think, yeah, there's Kraft. You know what's funny is when you look at some of the tight ends, Luke Musgrave, like, I see a lot of people on Twitter during the games bitching about how he just got, he just went down and got tackled easily again. It's like he goes up for a catch and he always falls down. Yeah, like but that stuff, it's like Jordan loves overthrowing all, every time. Well, yeah, but my biggest thing is like all those people that are complaining and bitching about that, they never went through and read any of his draft profile clearly because that was like his big thing. Not a tackle breaker. Yeah. Like, or not a, you know, he's not a powerful runner, not a big. He's an athletic guy that is fast. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You know, actually, I want to take that quite literally to the news department this morning. We are talking about thefts of farm equipment. It happens more during the fall harvest than you probably expect. Stephanie Hoff had a chance to visit with an insurance agent in Greene County that's had to write up those claims. We'll be talking about it in just a moment. John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, also joining us in just a bit. Not a bad day on the way today. Cloudy skies, so that's a little change from yesterday, but 51 still our expected high. Tomorrow, the issue is rainfall. 46% chance of rain on Wednesday. 
51. Sunshine back in the forecast on Thursday, 50 degrees. Friday, partly cloudy and 45. Pam Yankee, tickled to have you along with us on this, the seventh day of November. Boy, I'll tell you, there's not a lot of real milestones that I got excited about this morning. On this day back in 1869, the first inner city cycle race took place. It was between Paris and Rouen. James Moore, an Englishman living in Paris, won the race at the time. First city-to-city cycle race on this day back in 1869. On this day in 1916, the very first woman to be elected to Congress, uh, Jeanette Rankin, came from Montana. She became the first woman to be elected to the U.S. House of Representatives. That was on this day back in 1916. And now you know. No kidding, we know our Wisconsin farmers are super busy trying to wrap up the harvest of 2023. And while they're focused on getting their work done, thieves are focused on them. Craig Kamholtz is very involved and aware of agriculture. He also happens to be an insurance agent with Rural Mutual in Greene County. And he said, unfortunately, he's had to write up some claims. Well, it's the time of year, it's harvest time, and our farmers have to move their, their product. So when they're combining corn or soybeans, once the combine's full, they put it in wagons, haul it close to the road, and then unload it into a semi and haul it back to their farm or to a, to an, a grain elevator. And so those tractors may sit there. Typically, it's they're not sitting there so much during the day, they're active, but once they're done at the end of the day, after a long day of running, 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 sometimes they do leave the machinery at that location for the night so they can get started right away and get in the morning. Craig Kamholtz, a rural mutual agent in Greene County. Now, he's got some suggestions on what farms need to think about when it comes to protecting that equipment from thieves. It seems like it's most often over overnight. You know, we tell our clients to, to not to make it easy. Try to keep the, the equipment parked back away from the road, out in the field, uh, you know, a little bit further out there so it's not so easy to see. You know, lock the cab. If it has a cab, lock it. Take the keys out of it. You know, just don't make it easy. And we do have farmers that are starting to put trackers in their equipment so that if it is stolen, at least they can try to find what find out where it's at. Craig Kamholtz from Greene County, a rural mutual agent that's trying to help his uh, farmer friends protect their investment when it comes to this equipment. So like he said, lock it up. Make sure that you're not leaving machinery unlocked or keys around. Light it up. That's the other thing he said. Technology today allows you to install motion security cameras around the machine shed, around the barn, and make sure areas are well lit. Mark your property. Craig says think about engraving your tools, equipment, machinery, Vehicles with your name on it might make it easier to identify stolen property and make sure that you've got some detailed records that you can provide proof of ownership of equipment. Maybe it's a bill of sale, a serial number, titles, photos, whatever, and keep an updated insurance inventory just in case. Thanks to Stephanie Hoff for talking with Craig about that. Charity Seebecker now joins us. Uh, you know, trying to get involved in production agriculture can be a mountain of a challenge for beginning farmers. But Wisconsin's trying to do what they can to help. Being a new farmer trying to start out can be scary. From the investment, market volatility, land prices, and even trying to live up to what others are doing. Well, there are resources available. Figuring out where to even begin can be stressful. The question I hear a lot is, who do I talk to first? I'm Charity Seebecker from the Midwest Farm Report. Dan Bauer. 
Program Supervisor at the Wisconsin Farm Center, says the newly released Wisconsin Beginning Farmer Resource Guide helps these new farmers navigate those tough decisions ahead. The inspiration for this project was this realization that, hey, there's a lot of organizations um, who work in this space and receive inquiries from farmers, and it would be so valuable if there was you know, one piece they could refer to that summarized all the different programs available. And another benefit is that if you have a piece like that is it could kind of standardize the type of referrals and recommendations these organizations are making to young farmers, uh, regardless of which organization they approach. So then can you tell me a little bit more about the Wisconsin Beginning Farm Resource Guide that you helped to create to help with that issue of people not knowing where to go? Yeah, the way to think about the guide is it's basically a map of the different phases our project team would recommend a new or young farmer considering following to enter the industry. On each phase, um, we wanted to come up with a list of resources that could provide support at each corresponding step. Ultimately, what the project team arrived at is um, the steps of brainstorming. You know, what is your business idea? Learning. Let's learn about the business. Let's become an expert in the business you're looking to start. Planning is so important. You know, you can have your idea, you can be educated, but if you don't have a plan, that business isn't going to be successful. Uh, the next one is funding. You have to have access to capital. If you're going to make any kind of equipment purchases, if you're going to do any kind of marketing promotion... And then the next step we came up with is forming. And you might ask, well, what, what does that mean, forming? Well, it's, it's getting your insurance in order, getting um, legal entities, legal paperwork, you know, so you can actually be recognized as a business and um, get the benefits of that organization. And then lastly is operating. You know, if you've got an idea, you've got the education, you've got the plan, you've got the money, you know, you are officially a business, well, now you got to operate it successfully. And actually, last but not least, um, we see so much value in networking. But as I mentioned previously, the guide um, includes three or more references for each of these stages. And um, it allows readers to jump in at any step they're at in the guide and then immediately have access to references and referrals, depending on any and whichever phase they happen to be on. That was Dan Bauer, Program Supervisor at the Wisconsin Farm Center. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker. Great. Thanks, Charity. I'm telling you this morning, though, the markets might scare any beginning farmer from even thinking about coming our way. Barrel cheese yesterday dropped six cents to 158. 40-pound block cheese was up three and a half at 170. Double-A butter down nine and three quarters on the day to 301. This morning in Chicago, right now we've got December corn trading down four at 473. January soybeans are down three and a half at 1360. July new crop wheat down five and a half at 630. The fluid milk contracts for December, class three down two right now, 1709 100 weights. Coming up next, we are going to check in with our man, John Heinberg, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Can he find a silver lining to what's happening with these markets? Stand by for that conversation. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Goodman's Jewelers has been providing a sparkle to Madison since 1933. That's a lot of great memories. John Hayes for Goodman's Jewelers. We've been caring for generations of customers, and during that time, our strengths have been trust, service, and selection. Those traits are who we are, and that will never change. Goodman's Jewelers, a destination worth reaching. 
220 State Street, GoodmansJewelers.com. The best is at Goodman's. This is the story of Daniel, who was born two months early. His lungs weren't ready. His heart wasn't ready. His parents could only hope that one day he would leave the hospital healthy, and they would all live happily ever after. Daniel's is just one of the more than 500,000 stories of babies born prematurely last year. You can help the March of Dimes stop premature birth and bring more babies home healthy. Learn how at marchofdimes.com. Working together for stronger, healthier babies. You can't change the price of gas or groceries, but you can change the amount of your energy bill. Benjamin Plumbing is now a certified dealer of Renai tankless water heaters the number one tankless water heater in North America. They're up to 40% more energy efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory extended warranty. Save money with endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. If your workout includes baling hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I'd say comfortable is a good way to describe the forecast that's coming up for you today. Uh, clouds, yeah, that's part of it. And we'll still be a little breezy, but we'll look for 51 as our expected high. Tomorrow, although there is about a 40% chance of rain, Stumacher Ag Meteorologist saying it's only going to be a trace and we'll stay in the 50s. Kind of the 50s all the way through the end of the week. Not much of a change, and it looks like we stay dry after tomorrow all the way to next week. That is music to my ears and his, too. John Heinberg, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us live this morning. Yeah, first thing on Tuesday mornings, I'm always kind of paying attention to the latest harvest updates at this time of the year. I'm happy to see that Wisconsin's corn moisture level came down a couple points. What did you notice in this week's report? You know, we're in those last legs of harvest here now, and that's uh, very obvious, you know, too, how things have been kind of flowing in the market, corn at the 81% nationally, soybeans 91%, so we're getting down there. You know, one thing I've been hearing a lot from producers over the last two weeks, and I know this is maybe region-specific or wherever, but... Uh, the constant comment is how good the corn crop is and how much corn we have and, you know, things of that nature. And I think that's some of the major issue we saw pushing on the market last week is went retested that low. Now, we did bounce a little bit off the soybean strength, but it just feels like the corn crop's in pretty good shape. Soybeans maybe still a little bit more question as we're wrapping things up here. You know, and the soybean market's been kind of jumping around the last few days here with uh, or last week or so here with the South American weather and the possibility maybe some more demand coming our way. Yeah, no, the weather for South America starts playing a pivotal role in a couple different ways because uh, they always get me confused. It seems like they're right at the end of harvest and yet just getting started planting. 
Yeah, well, first off, yeah, look at the size of the Brazil. You can you know plop it on a U.S. map. It basically goes from the Canadian border to Texas in terms of its actual size. So, yeah, this is a crop that when they put it in the ground, they can be 50% harvested and planted at the same time. So it does, you know, you always got to take it to a grain of salt where things are. But we are seeing some weather concerns continue to brew in very key regions. Mato Grosso is kind of the Iowa, Illinois of uh, the, the Brazil production area. And we've been watching the dryness concerns continue to grow there. El Nino's had some effect. We've, we kind of had a hunch this was coming. Things have been on the drier side. Moisture can, continues to stay this way. It looks like it's a pattern that's going to hold for a while. Now, we could see some production losses on the soybean side, maybe 10, maybe 15%. I'm hearing some of those numbers rumbling around. But even still, it's going to be a very large crop coming out of that region eventually, and that's still going to weigh on the markets, but we're putting some premium in. We have saw a big jump in soybean meal prices based off that poor Argentina crop from last fall that seems to be kind of peaking out as u.s soybean meal it's now gotten kind of expensive compared to the rest of the world you know we've had a really nice rally in beans and, you know hit some pretty key tar- spots yesterday in terms of the resistance levels softer this morning so we'll see how things kind of play out especially as we get ready for that usda report coming up here on thursday yeah now what is that report going to entail john well, that's our next WASD, and that's got crop production in there. We are expecting to see some adjustments on soybean yield and corn yield. Right now, the, the market is anticipating both of those going a little bit higher. It's not going to be a big mover sometimes on the November report because we're going to focus more towards the final numbers that we get in January. But we'll see some line item adjustments. My fear is they'll, they'll probably push some uh, demand out of the corn market again. We could see a little bump in production. Does that take that carryout number back up a little bit so that could be something that could weigh on this market. On the soybean side, it feels like the USDA wants to keep carry out around 220 million bushels. I think they'll make adjustments accordingly. You know, the biggest thing about this South American weather, does it open up a little longer demand window? We've seen that in the past with late planting. We saw the numbers yesterday that they're currently about three years that they're three years behind or three years slowest pace in terms of planning here now. And that could open up a little bit more demand for us as uh, those Brazilian soybeans aren't hitting the market on a timely basis. We focus in a lot of attention on the weather in South America, but people have to understand those farmers are also in a fairly unique position. Uh, Operating capital, uh, you know, storage and movement of grain is not lockstep like it is here in the United States with our infrastructure and financing. Very much so, and that's one of the biggest things that does come into play sometimes in the marketplace. Uh, the Port of Paraná down in the southern part of Brazil has been dealing with a lot of water issues because of heavy rain in that area of the country. You know, we're looking at port holding days around 40 days for a vessel to get in there, get loaded, and get out. Where here in the U.S., they can spin things fairly quickly. So it does kind of come into play sometimes. You know, if the prices are fairly comparative in terms of the export value, sometimes we'll see that business shift to the American side just because the pure fact they can get in and get out of here in a matter of a few days. And then what about the financing side of things? I mean, again, uh, you know, farmers here are accustomed to going to their bank or going to their co-op and getting operating costs covered. What's the tone down there? And are they facing, you know, the kind of economic headwinds that we are here in the U.S. as far as overall economy? You know, very much so in, you know, Brazil and Argentina. Argentina's economy is a bit of a mess. You're looking at inflation well over 100%. That kind of comes into the whole thing. The country actually uses the farm commodities as a form of currency at times. You know, we've seen them make some moves in terms of the value of their currency to pay more to get bushels moving. Therefore, the country can make revenue through, you know, taxation of exports, you know, things of that nature. Brazil's a little bit more stable. Uh, obviously, you're still looking at a... a 
I don't want to say a third world economy, but a weaker overall economy. You know, producers right now, and that's one thing we're watching for the summertime corn crop, which is their main corn crop. They did not make money on that crop last year. Prices were horrible in terms of their cash prices. And producers are already talking that we could see a 10% drop in the safrina crop of corn. You know, so we'll see how that plays out down the road and then throw in the weather and late planting. It could be a little bit more of an impact for the corn market, you know, but that's going to be probably a later summer story if we open up some extra demand because those Brazilian bushels aren't there. That's John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us. Uh, remember their website, totalfarmmarketing.com. The number to call him, 800-334-9779. That's 800-334-9779. While I've got you here, John, let's talk just real quick about dairy. Uh, we don't normally, usually we've got so many other things to talk about, but dairy really took a dive yesterday. Yeah, the milk market's just been in a bit of a struggle. We we've had three good solid pops where we've moved this market quickly higher, and then the prop the premium came out of the market ex- aggressively. This last one was a matter of four or five days. We basically rallied all the way up to the eighteen dollar plus handle on that front end contracts, and now we're back down retesting the lows. You know, I look at a chart on it. It looks a lot like the corn chart, unfortunately, where we got this down cha- down uh, declining channel, excuse me, and we're back at the bottom of it. Just this feels like the market's struggling at this time frame. You know, we're watching what's going on with butter prices. We were high globally about, you know, earlier in October. We were about 3.30 a pound. Now we're down in the $3 a pound window. We've seen butter prices come down as supplies have kind of caught back up a little bit here. Watching the cheese uh, block barrel spread yesterday, the spread was still a relatively narrow 12 cents, but it dropped 6 cents, 7 cents yesterday because of the drop in barrel prices. And that, if that starts widening out, that shows some insight. Stability. So I'm a little concerned about the milk market here, that if we go through these lows, that we could be talking, working into the mid-16s. Uh, so a bit of a slippery slope, I think, right now for the milk market. Now, does uh, WASD have anything that might be relative to dairy coming out Thursday? They'll basically give you some of their price projections that are on the report. They may update some of the demand side of the equation in terms of exports. Typically, again, that's more focused towards the grains, but they do cover all the commodities with some of those baseline projections. All right. Good enough, John. We'll catch up with you next week, my friend. Thanks for giving us uh, something to think about as we start our Tuesday. Sounds good. Have a great week. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us live on a Tuesday morning. Again, I advise you, if you have questions, you want to talk to John a little bit more in-depth about your farming operation, risk management tools, or starting to strategize for 2024's growing season, you can email him, John H at totalfarmmarketing.com. John H at totalfarmmarketing.com. Again, pick up the phone and call him 800-334-9779. 800-334-9779. You forget it all, go to their website, totalfarmmarketing.com. All right, tomorrow we are going to catch up with our friends from the Steffes Auction Group. They are busy, busy, busy trying to wrap up uh, the end of 2024 robustly with all the sales they've already got scheduled. Ashley Hewn will be stepping into the microphone to chat with me on that. And we'll also be introducing you to some of the Leopold finalists here in the state of Wisconsin, Excelling in Conservation. One will be named the Leopold Award winner by the end of November. Stick around. 